You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, and I'm here to help you sell more on your online store. Before we begin, I would love to pay respect and acknowledgement to the Palawa people of Lutruwita, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Unstoppable E-Commerce operates, and pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Today, I am joined again by Jody Porteous of Northwest Accountancy. Jodie is one of only 10 Profit First Masters in Australia. She's an accountant and money mentor at Intentional Money. Today, we're talking about how to prepare your business financially for the end of financial year. Jodie fills us in on some exciting new tax incentives, what you can claim if you're working from home, and what you can't. Turns out dogs are a no-no. Who knew? (laughs) We'll also be answering that all-important question, should you really be buying a new car? If you're starting to stress about the end of financial year and want to make this time of year an absolute breeze, then this is the episode for you. So Jodie, thank you so much for joining me again. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. So if anyone missed Jodie's first episode, it's all about profit first and that's the method that we use to sort of manage money in the business. So I highly recommend going and checking out her last episode. We will link up to it in the show notes. But today we are, I cannot believe it, it's nearly, it's approaching so fast, end of financial year. So we're now in May, so last sort of two months of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, end of financial year, generally 30th of June for most businesses, comes up very quickly at this time of year. I feel like I make so many goals around end of financial year and so many things and then I blink and the next one's here. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I thought we'd just get you back on because everyone loved your last episode and have a chat about how businesses can really start to prepare for the end of financial year uh, so we're not all cramming, you know, in that last week. Mm -hmm. Tax planning in the last week of June just doesn't work. You've got to, got oh, to think about it Oh, but I bet you now. a lot of people try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the key things that businesses should be doing now to prepare for the end of financial year? So the one of the main things to do is to really run your reports and see where your business is at. So there's no point running out going to buy a whole load of things to get a tax deduction if your business isn't even making a profit to start off with. So you need to know where your business is at and how any spending or how any income is going to impact on the final result for the end of financial year. So that means getting your bookkeeping up to date if it's not already. It means running that profit and loss statement, running that balance sheet and looking at the numbers and seeing where the business might be at the end of financial year and doing some projections and some estimates around what sort of income's coming in, what sort of expenses are going out so that we can make sure that the profit that you think you're going to get is going to be close to the profit that you are actually going to get. So there's no point going, well, we've made 10 months worth of profit and we've made $100 profit. So that would be another $20 for the year when you've got a huge Mother's Day sale coming up or a huge end of financial year sale coming up and you're going to make a whole load more money than what you expected. So making sure that your numbers are right so that you can then make decisions based on that is the key for financial year planning. Yeah, great point. So I guess whether they're using zero or myob or whatever it might be, making sure everything has been. I know I'm a little bit guilty sometimes of getting around to putting things through payroll or the super and things like that, making sure like I pay it all. But 
actually inputting it to zero. So I guess yep. none of those reports are accurate until you've done that and you've finished all your reconciling. And Correct. Yeah. So accurate data is leads to good decisions. Oh, I like that. Mm. We might have to uh, pinch that one for one of our quote cards. <laughs> so you see a lot of people running around before the end of financial year to go buy a car. That seems to be a big one or spend on something big, maybe some equipment or something like that. Are there any good reasons behind this? So the myth out there is that if you spend a whole load of money, you'll get it back. And that is such a myth. And when you've got that little myth in your brain and you start watching the TV commercials about buy this new vehicle for end of financial year, they're coming up soon, (laughs) you don't get money back. So every time you spend money in your business, you're getting a tax deduction for your for that thing. So we use car as an example. So if you spend $10,000 on a new car, that $10,000 is then a cost to your business. And so your profit is reduced by that $10,000. When you're um, lodging your business tax return, you pay tax on your profit. And that's regardless of whether you're a sole trader or a company or a trust or anything like that, you pay tax on your profit. So the $10,000 car reduces the amount of profit that you've made. You still need to pay tax on the rest of the profit. Yeah. The $10,000 that you paid to buy the car, you don't get that cash back. No. And that's what a lot of people think is I bought a $10,000 car, I'll get all that cash back and it doesn't work like that. That would be amazing if that was the way things worked. We'd go out and buy new stuff all the time. It would be amazing. And so when we come to what the government calls the instant asset write-off and depreciation, this is all that it's doing is it's reducing the profit that you've made in the business instead of giving you money back. The money that you're saving in tax depends on your business. So if you're a sole trader, you've got tax rates that vary depending on how much income you earn. Whereas if you're a company, it's a 25% tax bracket. So if you go ahead and buy a $10,000 car, then you're going to spend $10,000 on that car. You're going to save $2,500 in tax, not having to pay that to the tax office. So in effect, you're going to save $7,500, well, spend $7,500 for that car because you're not sending the other two and a half off to the tax office. So that's that's what a lot of people do is they go, oh, so I've got lots of profit this year because they've checked their profit and loss statement. I know I want to invest in a new car or a new piece of equipment or whatever for my business. I guess that's what you've just touched on is it's only good saving if you plan to buy a car anyway anyway, or if you needed one, Mm -hmm. not because... If financial is coming, I better buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So it's all about, will this car make me money? Will it improve my business? Will it be more efficient for me to make more money if I have this new thing? There's no point paying $7,500 or paying $10,000 to save $2,500 in tax. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of like buying that dress that's on sale just because it's on sale and going, look how much I saved. But really you spent another $200 you weren't planning Mm -hmm. on spending. That's exactly right. The same philosophy don't go and buy something just for a tax deduction or just because it's end of financial year unless you actually are thinking about it anyway. And you touched a, quickly there, you mentioned the instant asset write-off. Mm, yeah. 
and depreciations. Can you just explain what those are? Yeah. So the instant asset write-off came out a couple of years ago and they keep changing the amount on us, which is great. So the latest (laughs) amount for COVID is an unlimited threshold cap. So you can spend whatever you like. So it might be a $10,000 car or $25,000 or $200,000 piece of equipment. It's all claimable against your profit. So it all reduces your profit this year instead of what our old depreciation rules were, which was if you buy a car, it's generally going to last you about eight years. So we get to claim it over an eight-year period, over eight years' worth of claims. So you can only claim like one-eighth the first year. Yeah. Okay, and then the same the next year. The next year and the next year and the next year until the car runs out of value because you've claimed it all over the whole of the years. So the instant asset write-off rules have been in play for a couple of years now at different thresholds across the years, but it means that whatever you buy, you can claim straight away in your business, which is good if you're making money. Yeah. If you're not, I guess it's reducing your profit to be not so profitable. Correct, yep. If you're claiming everything and spending too much. And that could be an issue if you want to go for borrowing, lending money later on. The bank turns around and goes, why why did you spend all your money? Yeah, you have none left. (laughs) You have a nice car. (laughs) You have a nice car. Would you like to sell that and buy something in your business? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, what about donations? A lot of people, you see advertising for end of financial years, come in, make a donation now because you'll be able to claim it straight away. Yep. Same thing as the... Same thing. So it reduces your profit and you pay less tax. The good thing about doing donations and buying things at this time of year, so May and June, before the end of financial year, is if you do your tax in July and August, you're only waiting a couple of months for that reduced tax bill to come through rather yeah. or a bigger refund if you're in a refund situation. But most small businesses, we want them to have tax bills because that means they're making money. Yeah, it means we're making some yeah. money. Um, that's, that's such a good point, actually, because people have this thing about, oh, I don't want to pay tax, I don't want to pay tax, I don't want to pay tax, and they're always avoiding it. And what can I do to not pay tax? If you get a tax bill this year, I want you to celebrate because that means you have a profitable business and you are making money. That's exactly right. And you're not only making money, but you're not spending it on stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or you have, but you've got some left over. Yeah. Which is That's good. exactly right. So the good thing about the timing of, of making those tax deductions now, such as donations or, or buying that car or that big thing, means that you're going to get that tax benefit quicker than if you would, say, in July next year, you went and bought a car. When you lodge your next tax return in July the following year, you'd get that benefit then. So, so you're still getting the same benefit, but you just have to wait longer correct. for Correct. Yep. Yeah. So don't rush out to buy something before you're ready, before you've done the research and get the wrong thing because you, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do it. You can still claim it the following year. You just have to wait a little bit longer. That's exactly right. Yep. So for us as accountants, when we do tax planning, a lot of it is around timing. So how does your business look this year versus how do you think your business is going to look next year? Do you actually need the tax deduction this year or should you leave it until the following year? So there is a fair bit of timing coming into the decision making based on what your numbers are now and what you think your business is going to do next year. 
Right. So if you were looking to borrow money, for instance, and you wanted things to look a bit better for the banks, you don't have to claim that deduction straight away. You can claim it the following year. Yep. Amazing. This is why it's good to have an accountant that knows all of these things. So what are some things that people working from home can claim on their tax? I know a lot of us in e-commerce, you know, we've got our computer, internet, things like that. We're working from home. We don't necessarily need an office. What can and should we be claiming? Yeah, so this one's a really interesting one and the tax office breaks it up into employees and for business owners as well. So as an employee, um, it's generally the internet, the telephone, um, any costs that are directly related to working from home, such as if you've bought a new laptop. Yeah or desk or chair or whatever. For a business, though, you may be able to claim some different things, and that comes down to occupancy expenses, so um, the cost of actually running your house and living in your house, and I'll get to that in a bit. The running expenses, which we've talked about, the phone and internet, vehicles and furniture, and then The main one is really that occupancy. So if you have your house and you dedicate one full bedroom to your store, then we can work out on a floor plan percentage. So measure out how big your house is and say if it's a 100 square metre house and your bedroom is 10 square metres, that's 10% of the house. And so you can claim your occupancy expenses and that's things like rent or mortgage interest or council rates or house insurance premiums at that percent of how much you're mm. using for your business. Um, and we also do that for electricity as well. If it's really hard to work out if your business uses a specific amount of electricity, generally you don't have a separate meter <laughs> running. No. And I know some businesses have full-time aircon going into their business, into their like their business storeroom because their yeah. products need to be at a particular temperature. Yeah, good um, so you can also work out the electricity based on that percentage basis as well. And it's all around keeping records. So map out your floor plan of your house looks like and, and measure it all up and, and guess it, uh, not guess it, do a good good guesstimate. It's always handy to have somebody who knows maths in your household when you're doing this. <laughs> yes. I'd get my nine, nine, my 14-year-old, my year nine student to do this for me if I was going to do it because he's great at maths. And then documenting it. So then if it is 10% of your house that's used in the business, then all of your electricity bills, document every single one of them, claim that 10% on your tax return. Now, the business doesn't necessarily have to pay for it. So you can pay for it all out of your personal funds if that's easier, but you can still claim it as a tax deduction against your business. So that's another thing that people ask as well. Do I actually have to pay it? No, you don't. You can pay 10% out of the business, absolutely, to contribute towards it, but you can also pay for it personally and still claim it as a tax deduction. Interesting. So definitely talk to your accountant about that Definitely. One. Now, how does that implicate things if you were to then sell your house? Yeah, so that gets tricky then. So if you do pay for your uh, claim, your mortgage interest, then that's probably the biggest red flag when it comes to capital gains tax. So when you sell your house, if it's your principal place of residence and 
all you've done is live there for personal reasons, then by selling your house, you don't have to pay any capital gains tax. It's completely private. So having your business running from your house may then tweak or trigger that capital gains tax and this is where your floor plan comes into handy as well because then if you're using your business 10 percent sorry using your house 10 percent for your business then you may need to pay capital gains tax at 10 percent of what that sale price is there's lots lots and lots more complications in that yeah sure <laughs> i just didn't want everyone running out and doing it without thinking what are the other that there are actually some implications involved so do have a chat with your accountant about that yes. one. And if you haven't got one, we'll be linking up all of Jodie's details so you'll be able to uh, have a chat with her. Yeah. Now, what are some of the common mistakes you see people making when it comes to end of financial year? The main one is probably the assuming that you're going to get money back. I've spent money. Why am I getting a return? <laughs> yeah. So... Assuming you're getting a refund when you're getting a bill is one of the ones that breaks my heart Mm. is going, so you've got a $2,000 bill and they're like, I was expecting a refund. And I'm like, but you haven't paid any tax. So the biggest mistake for small business owners is expecting a refund when they haven't actually paid any tax. So when you have a job, work, will pay you your wage and pay a percentage of that tax to the tax office for you. When you're running your own small business, unless you're actually paying tax to the taxman, you're not going to get a refund back. You're yeah. going to have a bill if you make so there's money. There's nothing to refund from. Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. A refund is always an overpayment of the amount that you actually owed to the tax office. So, I, yeah, that makes total sense. If you're not paying any, how can they give you anything that's back? That's exactly right. So that's probably the main myth that I, I see a lot of small businesses come in to me and going, oh, I was, ho- I was hoping for a refund so I could buy more stock or whatever. And it's like, sorry. Yeah. So that's where the profit first yes. that, uh, that we talk about in the last episode is so good because you've got money aside to pay your tax bill when it comes. Also, you can choose to pay the tax office. You can have like a payment plan where you're set up and start prepaying some of that tax so it's not one big bill at the end of the financial year. Yeah, so for businesses who are in startup phase, startup phase or if they haven't made a profit yet in their business, they won't have an automatic option to pay that tax in advance. If you have lodged last year's tax return and you did make a profit and you did pay tax on last year's tax return, then they'll ask you to pay a pay-as-you-go instalment every quarter towards next year's tax bill. So that timing difference where you're ramping your business up from going from either a nothing or a loss-making business to a successful profitable business, there can be a time delay in there with the tax office not knowing that you're making money. And so sometimes what happens is we lodge your first tax return where you've made money and so you've got last year's tax bill and then they start asking you for tax in advance for next year's tax return as well. So that first year of paying tax is actually two years worth of tax 
the one behind and yeah. the one in front. And so for some people, it was really scary because they've never had to pay tax before. And then they have all of a sudden, double the mm. amount of tax to pay because they're paying last year's and next year's at the same time. So, But if they're doing profit first, then they would have had the money sitting there ready to go. So definitely something that we recommend. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if in doubt, always save money for tax because when yeah. you lodge your tax return and there's no tax to pay and you've got some money sitting there, you can use those funds for something else. Yeah, it's kind of like saving your own return. Yeah, but if you don't have any tax money sitting aside and shock, there's a shock a tax bill that you weren't ready for, then you've got to then scramble to catch up. Yeah, great advice. Okay, what are some of these? And I know uh, we were all being guilty of a few, but what are the most common things that you see people try to claim that they can't? Uh, my favourite one is the guard dog <laughs> sitting under the desk, fluffy, loves cuddles and pats, not really guarding wow. anything. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, <laughs> my, my classic. My classic favourite. Um, yeah, so family pets are not guard animals and cannot be claimed regardless of the fact that you've got a $3,000 tax uh, vet bill <laughs> and lots of expensive pet food. Sorry, that's not something you can claim. Other things, 100% of lifestyle assets is, is the main one. So 100% of your phone, do you call your mum? Yeah. If you call your mum, it's not 100%. I'm sorry, even if she does buy things from you. Um, <laughs> 100% of your internet. Mm, do you watch Netflix? I'm sure it's not all like research yeah, purposes. 100% right. of vehicles as well. On the odd occasion, somebody will go, well, I do have a personal car and a work car. And so I only oh, yeah, use the work car the for deliveries, but... In most situations, most people only have one car. And yeah. so you've got to apportion it. So being aware that you can't claim private use for yeah. things. So you might have a business use and a private use. Just claim the business use portion of it and, and leave the yeah. private as not claimable. Yeah, good one. That's, yeah, something to think about because quite often we're like, oh, internet, that's for the business. Perfect. I'll claim that. But like you say, we do use it for other things as well. Yeah. And especially if you've got teenage kids, they're sucking up just as much internet oh, as you yeah. are, even if you're <laughs> on calls all day, every day and on Insta and Facebook selling all your stuff, they're sucking up the internets as well. So if we're not claiming all of that, is there anything exciting that we can claim this year? Are there any tax incentives or things we should be putting in our our tax returns? Mm, good question. So what came through in the budget this year, and I hate talking about the budgets because sometimes the budget does come through as legislation and sometimes it doesn't come through. Uh, but the two fun things that came through in the budget this year is an extra 20% on two different things. So the first one is for training. So if you're doing training for, I'm just going to pull this up. If you're doing training with an outside education provider, 
then you can claim an extra 20%. So that means if you're spending $100 on training, you'll get to claim $120 in next year's tax oh. return. So it's not a this year's That's tax cool. return thing, though. So it, it's yeah. one of those really weird, and as an accountant, I hate it because it's outside of the timing side of things. Yeah, so don't go buying it yet. Buy it Yeah, later. buy it in July for July to next and year's tax I return. assume that would have to be registered training organisations? I'd say so, yes. Yeah. So that's really cool. If So if you've got 100 bucks set aside for training, you can claim $120. So that's really cool. And then the other one was the same. So a 20% bonus tax deduction for portable payment devices, cyber security systems and subscriptions subscriptions to cloud-based services so i'm not sure if that's for brand new subscriptions or whether it's for our existing ones because we've got i spend a lot a lot (laughs) on cloud subscriptions (laughs) a lot um so yet again where you're spending a hundred dollars you get an extra 20 percent so an extra 20 dollars claim tax claim for that so yet again it's not money back it's not money in the bank it's a tax deduction reducing your profit so less tax less tax to pay so the only caveat I have on that is this was just announced in the budget and I haven't seen any legislation go through yet. I haven't seen it announced. So big asterisks next to this one. Yeah. So I think we go back to the same rules as with the car. If you don't need it, don't buy it. Yeah. So don't go out and get another subscription just, just for Just for a tax deduction. So, But I guess what you could do is you could start splitting that out. Like in zero, I've got all my subscriptions in one mm-hmm. chart of accounts. I guess it could make a separate one for cloud-based. Yep. And then if it does go through next year, we've got that already rather than sitting there at tax time trying to figure out what was the cloud subscriptions and what yeah. weren't. Yep, that's exactly right. So those are the two interesting ones and if it does go through then the technology one will go until June 2023 so you'll be able to spend for just over a year if the training one goes through that'll be through until June 2024 so oh, I'll give you an extra year on that one yeah timing wise there's there's some interesting stuff so I'm, I'm really interested to see whether it'll go through and pass as law and, and be able to claim it but we have yeah. to wait till the election goes through first. Well, we will keep an eye out for that. Mm. So we've talked a little bit about this, but what can people do throughout the whole year so that the end of financial year is not so stressful? So obviously we've only got two months to go now. We're going to be, if you haven't done anything, you know, chasing our tail a little bit. What can we do next year so that this time of year is not uh, end of financial <laughs> years coming up? Definitely keeping those records up to date throughout the year. So if you're registered for GST and have to lodge a BAS on a quarterly basis, quarterly is a great time to keep your books up to date. So that's every three months. I prefer doing mine on a monthly basis because then less less work to do. Yeah, you're not falling as behind if you're... That's exactly right. And if your business has a lot of transactions in it, then I do recommend having a a set day per week, a set time per week that you just sit in and do your bookkeeping so that it's up to date and regular. 
But your bookkeeping's just the first step. So you need to also understand what your bookkeeping is telling you. So run those reports and understand what your profit and loss is telling you so that you can make good decisions based on that. And so the biggest tip, do your bookkeeping, run your reports and read them. Yeah. So for those who are in the Ecom Igniter program, we have a whole module all about profit planning. And we're going to be working with Jody uh, to add in some more content to that. So perhaps we could have a whole section on how to read these reports. That would be great. That would make my heart sing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jody. I learned a whole bunch, so I'm sure that other people listening did as well. And it's just made me feel that little bit more empowered with some knowledge to take into the end of financial year and hopefully start planning so that next year it's not a big stress when it comes around. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for having me again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're looking to sell more on your online store, be sure to check out my signature program, Ecom Igniter. You can find out more at ecomigniter.com.